This episode of Info Product Mastery, we have Andrew Connell back on the show, and we continue our conversation from last week's episode about Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and we dig into his numbers from previous Black Friday sales. This is Info Product Mastery, episode 24. Welcome to Info Product Mastery, the podcast that helps developers make life-changing money by building and selling online courses. I'm your host, Adrian Rosebrock. And before we get into the topic of today's show, I want to share a review from Rashat, an Info Product Mastery listener from Germany. Rashat writes, useful ideas and lessons in every episode, whether you're thinking to start a business or already run one. Love the narration style too, early startups for the rest of us vibe. Thanks so much for the support, Rashad. I really appreciate it. And I really dig the reference to startups for the rest of us. That, that podcast was instrumental to me for finding my way in the startup space. Reviews and testimonials like these, they really help motivate me to create new episodes. So if you're enjoying this show, please open Apple Podcast and leave a five-star review. And if you read a comment for the review, there's a good possibility I'll read it on the show. Now, in other news, the man responsible for the delayed NASA moon launch, Andrew Connell. How are you doing today, man? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for another. You know, the, it was delayed. The first launch was delayed. I guess we're recording this between the. Well, let's hope it's the second launch. <laughs> but yeah, so you got that one coming up tomorrow. So hopefully, the weather is cooperating and, and stuff. It's exciting. I, I just for those who aren't uh, watching the YouTube version of the show, AC's wearing a SpaceX shirt, and I just couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Making that joke, he has his, his NASA rocket logo sets in the in the background. I'm like, yep, this, this is a good setup. I'm gonna take advantage of this. <laughs> oh heck yeah, man! I'm a I'm a space geek. I I love going on my driveway and I can watch them launch from 140 miles away. So it's I'm I'm a total space geek. That's so awesome to have that view and literally be able to watch them launch like that. Never gets old. Never yeah. gets old. So last episode, we discussed Black Friday and Cyber Monday at a high level, like some of the tactics and techniques we've personally used, things we've seen other people use, different ways to go about a sale. And, you know, AC and I were kind of talking offline about this. And we're, and we're thinking for this second episode on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, maybe let's like share some some numbers and talk about previous launches. That way, you know, listeners can get an idea of what to expect and kind of talk about what went well and what didn't, as well as hopes for this year's Black Friday. So AC's back. He's graciously willing to share some of his percentages and some of the tactics and techniques he's used. So hey, let's like let's dive into this. I'm I'm excited for this episode, man. Me too. Me too. And to keep it real, it's not all great news. <laughs> it's all a, it's all a great great track record. I definitely am. Uh, I'm always learning. <laughs> when I like wrote the copy for Info Product Mastery and specifically my bio section, I said like I'm here to share the mistakes so that you can learn from what I've made mistakes on. I said I've made far more mistakes than successes. So we're never going to run out of topics here. <laughs> like there's no. always going to be something to talk about where. I f***ed up and like made, made a mistake, right? So plenty, plenty of topics. I totally agree. One of the attitudes I think you have to have as an entrepreneur, solo founder or whatever, info product, business, SaaS, whatever, you just have to have the attitude that they say at Facebook or they say at SpaceX, which is just, you mostly learn from your failures or you learn the most from your failures. And so as long as you have the attitude of like, just keep trying it and stuff isn't going to work, you find something that works, it's like, cool, I get to move on to the next thing. But It'll make a little more sense why I'm saying that when we get to that part of when I talk about numbers and stuff, but um, like a real world experience. But 
Cool. Well, you know, why don't you you dive in? Why don't you just start talking and we'll we'll discuss numbers, uh, talk about things that worked and didn't and just take it from there. So I guess a couple things I thought would be useful. When you and I were talking about this, I guess the last show, we were sharing our notes with each other and and I found that I had more questions and things that I've been I've had unresolved and not really sure how to handle when it comes to Black Friday, just in general for Black Friday, but also specifically for my business. So just a little bit of context. I do online courses, so on-demand based video training. Someone buys a course, one-time fee type stuff. One of them is an exam prep course for certification. One of them is to learn a specific technology. Both of them, though, are one-time purchases. So my audience is primarily developers. I teach like a programming class. Audience is primarily developers, but a lot of my customers are also, I'd consider B2B because it's like companies that are buying like to get their entire staff trained up on something. But there are challenges that, I mean, I guess I've been doing Black Fridays now for five years and there are the same things that I struggle with every single year. And I just, I don't have a resolution for them. So I thought it'd be kind of useful if we kind of throw these out there because maybe other people run into these similar kind of things. And, you know, one of them you mentioned in the last time you and I talked about this, about Black Friday was how to deal with and being accustomed to the U or the V-shaped sales curve. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's it's the first time I'd ever seen that when we're, I was looking at our, our show notes. It's the first time I'd ever seen it referred to like that. And well, we, should, we should probably take a step back and explain what like the V or U-shaped sales curve is. When you launch like a big sale, like a Black Friday sale or a massive product launch, you're going to be sending emails ahead of time to get people excited, get them hyped, Explain what the product is, what type of discount they're going to get if they purchase early, you know, what the features are, what they're going to learn, and most importantly, the transformation process of how they're going to start at the starting line and how they're going to feel and what they're going to be able to do at the finish line as they cross the finish line with that checkered flag. Like You're really selling the, the transformation process up front because that's the emotional part. That's how you actually make the sale. You sell on the emotion, not the features. Features are just kind of like the fine print at the, at the end of the day. Like They'll a person will scan through, read the copy, and the headlines should be really emotion-driven. And then like your, your paragraph, like that's more of your, your feature-style text. So anyway, if you do this properly, you should see a gigantic spike from the second your, your sale goes live or whenever your emails go out. You know, like People will be clicking through. They should be ideally waiting for that, that email in their inbox. You should have told them, hey, this sale goes live at XYZ date at XYZ time. Make sure you are in your inbox to grab that link and purchase as soon as the sale goes live. So they should already be in their inbox and they'll click on that link, they'll go to the sales page and they'll, they'll check out and purchase. So ideally with a reasonably enough sized list, you should see a nice spike in your, in your sales. But then as the day goes on, those, those sales will, will trail off. And as in the middle of the sale, let's say like you run a five-day sale, by that middle day, day three, that's probably where your your sales are going to bottom off. You know, that's where the there's no urgency, there's less scarcity during then because the people who are super super interested, well, they already purchased during the first five ten minutes, hour, twenty four hours of your sale, and then you reach day three, and it's like, well, the sale's still going on, so like people are probably still on the fence. They don't have to make a decision yet, so they they do what most human beings do is they kick the can down the road, they procrastinate, they don't make a decision. But then during the final 24 hours of your sale and the, like the last six hours, you'll send out an email and say, hey, the sale is closing down in six hours. Like, get, or get off the pot. Like, you're either right. going to purchase or not or you're going to miss out. So like, make your decision. 
And what happens then is the urgency that the psychological component kicks in. They're like, man, yeah, I got to make a decision. If I don't purchase now, I'm going to miss out on the 25 or 30% discount or the extra bonus tutorials or the special one-on-one call with the founder of the company, right? That's where that urgency is. And that is the urgency that makes someone take action. So again, at the beginning, you have everyone who was super interested, who was ready to buy immediately because they love the product. They want it now. It solves an immediate pain point. And then on the other end of the curve, the opposite end of the the U or V-shaped curve, those are your people that are, I'll say, more FOMO motivated, I should say. Like they see the value but maybe they're they're on the fence, you know, maybe they don't they're worried about finances or whether that it's really going to give them a return on their investment or if you can provide the value that, that you say you're going to provide to them. Well, those people, those are the FOMO motivated people and they they take longer to actually convince and again they they procrastinate. But during these big launch sales, that's what you see is you see a huge spike at the beginning and a huge spike at the end. I got so I got a whole bunch of stuff to ask about that. Curious like how you would handle certain things with different mindsets. So here let me let me share with you because I'm, I I wouldn't be surprised. I've talked with a few of the people I've talked to about this. They have the exact same things running through their head or very similar things. And so I'm like, well, if I've got to run through my head, somebody else has run through their head. Let's just call it the elephant in the room and let's actually tackle it. So like the way you describe it, to me, a lot like watching a football game or going to a concert. Right, at the very beginning, you're going to be in your seat for the beginning of the show, the beginning of the game. But midway through the show, that's okay. That's a good time to go run and get another beer or get something to eat or go use the restroom. And then at the end, it's like, I'm not missing the end. I'm definitely back in my seat because I want to see the, I want to see you know, how they finish off the show. I want to see the encore or I want to see the end of the game. So things that I struggle with with this is like based on who we're selling to. So unlike, you know, whenever he's here, it's Black Friday. A lot of people think about just the consumer space, right? They don't think about the fact that we can sell something over that we can sell to businesses. And so, you know, one of the things I struggle with with this is that it's over the weekend. So Saturday, Sunday. A lot of businesses aren't going to be really paying attention to it. Or if we're in the United States and your market is in the United States, a lot of times that Friday market, I mean, they're all out of the office. They've tuned out. So like what I struggle with is I'm just going to enumerate on a couple of things specifically about this unique four-day sale is that, you know, do I, do I just accept the fact that Saturday and Sunday things are going to be quiet? Or do I try and do stuff to just try and just try and stay awareness and just do emails? Maybe one email a day, but or maybe one for the entire weekend, but don't really focus on trying to make sales on Saturday and Sunday so much, right? Put most of my eggs on that Friday basket and then the rest of them on that Monday basket. Saturday, Sunday, just got to leave it open because it just makes sense. But I struggle with like, okay, how much stuff do I try to do on Friday to really blow it up? And then how much stuff do I do on Monday to try and convert more people? So like, for example, do you do special discounts for the first two hours or the first hour, the first 10 minutes when you open up your card on Friday or midnight Friday or Thursday, whatever you end up choosing to be your start date. And then do you kind of sit back and do it again on Monday for those people who are more in the business community who are thinking Cyber Monday, we're back in the office. Now we can actually try and capitalize off something. And do we offer another discount on that day? And if you're doing that, then does that kind of incentivize people who missed out on Friday to really do nothing over the weekend and come back on Monday? Yeah, that's that's a hard question. At least it's, it's a struggle of five years. I'm glad it's a hard question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> here, here's my opinion. The people who are ready to purchase cash in hand, shut up and take my money, you give them 
a big discount up front. Like for me, it was like 30 to 33% if you purchase in the first 10 minutes. That sale would go live like Thursday night, Thursday morning rather. And then first 10 minutes of the sale, you get like 33% off. But for the rest of the sale, it's 25% off. And if you didn't get in during the first 10 minutes, like too bad, it's 25% off for you. I don't like the idea of reopening like an extra 33% discount on a Monday because then you're going to alienate the people who purchased at a 25% price point. I So I, I would just like flat out just not do that. I would say it's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Because at least that gives you firm ground to stand on from now and forever. Where if someone comes to you and says, hey, I missed out on the discount. Can I have the larger one? You could honestly say, no. Like If you want the big discount, you need to purchase during during this time. I'm not going to, to reopen it for you. I'm not going to restart it. I'm not going to offer it to a larger audience. The people who purchased during that first 10 minutes, they were rewarded for it and would be unfair for me to offer it again. That's how I, I look at it. Now, for the business the business side of things, like say, like you're and at Pymage Church, like for whatever reason, like Toshiba one year bought like 50 copies of, of our books or whatever. This, this wasn't during Black Friday. It was some other sale. But if you're concerned about like the weekend being an issue, I mean, I feel like that's just a perfect opportunity for segmentation, where if you're building up to your sale and ideally you're starting to pitch it one to two weeks before Black Friday, Cyber Monday even gets here, then maybe in the PS of your email, or maybe you just send out, actually, you know what, I would send out a, a completely totally different email that's like targeted with like more corporate language for the corporate crowd that says, hey, we're offering a Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale. We understand that if as a business, you're probably not going to be open during Thanksgiving, during the Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale. However, we want to make sure you get the big deal. Click this link, fill out this form so that we know and that we could you know, kind of have a concierge service to help you help you through the sale. And then, and then highlight the pain points so that they relate to you because you'll acknowledge up front, hey, you're not open during this time. I get that. Hey, you have a budget to work with. I get that. You have an accounting department that you have to clear with. I get that. You might need to borrow your boss's corporate credit card to make the purchase. We get that. So it's like, we, we understand the situation you're in. We're willing to, to work with you. And like, yeah, you'll probably get some like consumers who are just confused who fill out the, the corporate form anyway. But like, so what? Like, you just email them back and say like, oh, sorry, this is only for our corporate or, or business clients. Here's the link that you can use to purchase, you know, when the actual sale starts. I would think of it as like a lead generation process instead of even worrying about trying to pitch the Black Friday or Cyber Monday to businesses during that time. Because like you said, they're, they're not going to be online. They're not going to have access to their corporate credit cards unless the person who's making the purchase is like high up enough in the company to hold that card. It's good to hear you say that because I've kind of, as you were saying at the beginning when you we were responding, one of the things you said early on was that the only thing that's really special about Monday is FOMO. Right? Mm-hmm. That's really the only thing. So you just do the same sale. So Friday is the special sale. It goes on for an additional, well, Black Friday, I'm just used Friday. I know people, like you You start on Thursday. I, never, I always, I start on Friday. But after that first day, every day after that is just a continuation until the end of the day on Monday. And the only thing that's special about Monday is not the fact that you're supposed to try and blow it up because that's when everybody's doing, like I've always thought you're trying to do something special because it's, 
Cyber Monday, that's when, you know, all the online shopping happens, where Black Friday yep. is all the in-person shopping. So I'm like, well, people are more conditioned to buy something online. So I, I try to go more, do something on that day. But I think I, I like that idea. That's the, the business customers. I've, I've struggled with those people where they'll come in and say, hey, I can only pay by invoice and I want to do 10 copies. I'm like, my course is a thousand dollars. I mean, I'm not going to say no. Right. So it's like, you know, but I can't get the invoice done till the end of the week. I'm like, all right, we have to receive payment by X date on this PayPal invoice we've sent you or it doesn't apply. And I never hold them to that because it's like, you know, you got a, a sale that you can make for $10,000 or $20,000. You're not going to sit there and say, no, you missed it by a day. I mean, right. No, I'm not stupid. That, okay. So that helps. That's good. That, those are, that's definitely some good things to think about. I think I know the answer to this, but, and I kind of just tease it up, but, what do you do when someone comes to you on Tuesday like, oh, facepalm, I screwed up. I totally missed it. Can I still get the discount? <laughs> you know, I, I've done different things during the years. In like the early years, I would just offer it to them. I'd just be like, oh, hey, like, sorry you missed it. Here's the link. I, yeah. I got tired of doing that, though, because I found that a decent chunk of people who do that are just like chronically looking for a deal and will never purchase anything at full price and are always in some way, like almost taking advantage of you and your time. Like they're saying yeah. like, oh, you're not important to me and your business is important to me. It's like, yeah, I do want this thing, but only if you like you're willing to like, you know, make me feel special and do a little song and dance for it. Like I, that just never made me feel, feel good. So after a while, I just stopped doing that. And we just came up with the blanket of like, listen, like these are the parameters of the sale. It's this much off from this time to this time. We've sent out like a bunch of emails promoting the sale. You've had plenty of time. And I'm like, we're, we're like communicating this in a very polite, like directly, you know, helpful way to the, to the customer, but at the same time establishing firm boundaries. I'm only using the language and the tone I am now because, you know, as the business owners is the, the type of stuff we deal with. But yeah, again, I'm letting them know, like, listen, this is the deal. If you did not purchase, like, sorry. Maybe you'll pay attention more next time. Maybe you'll take action next time. And yeah. I, I think that's really crucial to set that boundary. One thing I thought about doing this year is I always have that come up. I'm mostly inflexible with it. I never get the request coming in for more than just the following week. It usually is like maybe the following Thursday it comes in. Usually it's like Tuesday, Wednesday. I thought about this year just going because I, I have the ability to do this for my system is just to go through and create like. 10 discount codes that are maybe a little bit less of a discount than what I was doing Black Friday. And they can only be used one time. And just having like a blank email going, hey, look, this page has got 10 discount codes on it. And people that came in late, I'm telling them it's like first come, first serve. You guys can grab it. So keep trying to apply one to your checkout. One of them might work. If none of them work, then they've all been used up. But this is the best thing I can give you. And what that does is I thought, well, okay, you know what? That gives them a little bit of, of the time sensitivity. Like, if you're really serious, you got to do this right now because these are going to go. But the other side of it just kind of gives me a way of like going, I'm not going at your beck and call with this, that there were rules. And again, like, like you said, we wouldn't, I wouldn't say this in the emails, but you know, I very much have the attitude of like, oh, come on, give me a break. I mean, we right. I sent you five emails over the last month about this. I mean, if you didn't pay attention to it, I mean, at a certain point, it's like, you know, there's only so much I can do here. Yeah. I mean, like emergencies do happen. Like one person that I know of, like, like one of their parents was sick and they were offline during that time. Like, you know, emergencies do happen and like maybe someone was lying in that case, whatever. But like, you know, you try and be a decent human being. And in that case, certainly like you consider giving them the the discount. But for the type of people who who just like 
wait till Tuesday and be like, oh, I missed it. Like, will you give me the discount? And like you go and you like look up their email profile on Drip or ConvertKit and you see that they opened every single one of the emails and they even <laughs> click the links in three of them. It's like, no, dude, like I- I'm not. I'm really not <laughs> going to like give you this discount. And for your idea with like the coupon code, like I, I understand what, what you're saying, but I'll be honest, I, I hate that idea yeah. for two reasons. One is like, everyone is going to try all 20 coupon codes and let's say they're all used up and you still have those coupon codes on the page as if they were as if they were active and working well that just means that each person is going to try and copy and paste 20 coupon codes thereby increasing the likelihood that there's get frustrated and leave and not actually check out it's like it's like if you were to create a checkout page that has like you're not just asking for their name email address and credit card number you're asking for their street address telephone number their mother's maiden name their social security <laughs> number like like you're, you're just incre- you're just lowering your conversion rate by virtue of asking all these questions and right. also like i just feel like from an email support perspective people are going to try the coupon codes they're realize they're not going to work and then they're going to email you and be like hey i just tried all 20 coupon codes none of them worked is this a bug or have they all been used up and it's like yeah, it's true. no they they've all been used up right and my point is like you just should make the checkout process stupid simple like yeah. no brainer done thank you for the money here's your product don't try and get too gimmicky with it just make the yeah. make up the rules make up the parameters and just follow the plan yeah so the other thing the other question I wanted I had for you and then I thought if it would be beneficial we could just chat through it is like just some numbers and stuff but we talked about a little bit before we before we started recording but how do you see Black Friday Cyber Monday sales how do you see it differ if you're selling an info product to a consumer? So doing a B2C or doing like a B2B? Like I, I mentioned, like my, like the challenge that I have is that, you know, I'm selling to developers. And so most of them, at least the topic I have, they're not doing this for fun or for like a hobby project. Technology I focus on is one that's going to be more like targeted to as a consultant type thing. But uh, there's some organizations I sell to that I'm, I'm selling to an organization because they're trying to staff up or, or train up an entire team of developers. Then there's the other side where it's more like an independent, which they're not a consumer, but they're not really a business person. So they may be like an independent consultant. They may have, you know, maybe a, a 1099 freelancer. They may be a full-time contractor, but there's it's still like a one or a two-man shop. So they're not really a consumer. They're like, I mean, the term you use was a prosumer kind of a thing. Do you, do you think that you factor that or treat that any differently? You know, to be honest, we never we never really did. We did basic segmentation to figure out if someone was a developer or uh, they were in uh, industry, they were uh, like a teacher or professor or a researcher or a student or, or a hobbyist. Like those are some of the buckets we did for segmentation. And then maybe we would customize like some some headlines in an email or we would show them specific case studies. So if we had a developer on our email list, we would show them testimonials that were all developer based. Or if we had a researcher, we would like show them testimonials from actual researchers who went through our material and went on to publish really good research. So we would do that type of stuff. But we didn't really try and figure out if they were B2B or B2C, predominantly because there wasn't that that reason to, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that alludes back to what I was talking about earlier of if you think you have a lot of B2B people on your email list, then probably like a week or two before your sale actually starts, send out that email that says like if you're if you work in a large company and like need to have like an invoice filled out or an invoice cleared 
no, click this link and we can get the process started now. And like, mm. other than that, I don't think you need to, to do a lot. Okay, that helps. I try and do as much segmentation as I can with it, at least to, to personalize the messages that go out. So not, you know, tens of thousands of people don't get the exact same or thousands of people don't get the exact same email. That there's a little bit of personalization to it, at least, or as much as I can provide. But a lot of times it's like, it's hard to go through and identify, like, is this person a business? Is this person a consumer? Because so many people end up signing up for this stuff using like a Gmail account, right? Or a Hotmail account. So you don't know that even though they are, I mean, hey, this guy is in the public sector, but he signed up with a Gmail account because that's where all of his newsletters go. So it's like, you know, how, how personal do you try and get without making sure that you're missing your mark? And yeah. I think with personalization, a little bit goes a long way. Don't push it too hard. Yeah. You can go crazy, but it's kind of like when you go crazy, then it's like you over-personalize. Next thing you know, it's, I tailored this message for the healthcare industry. And it's like going, I'm a construction worker. What the heck? All right, exactly. <laughs> so I thought that I didn't know if it would if it would be helpful. And we do tease up a bit, but I'm happy to share like what my experience has been. And it's a very real world thing, unfortunately. But I thought it'd be kind of a, a little bit you know, understand like what kind of numbers you can look at. So if you want me to, I'm happy to go through that. Yeah, let's do it. So for some really quick context, I started my first launch for my product was in September of 2017. So my first Black Friday was immediately after that, just two or three months later. So it wasn't, I guess, two months later. So it wasn't, I, I didn't have really any, if I didn't have high hopes and didn't have much of a hope at all for my 2017 Black Friday. So, but I was still pretty pleased that it was about 10%, a little bit less than 10% of what my launch was two months prior, but it was still a good number. I was happy. It was five digits over four days. I was still pretty happy. The next year, I put a little bit more effort into it, but not a lot. And my sales went up by about 13%. So not a big, not that big of a difference. But the following year is when I really started to focus. I was like, all right, I... I'm going to really try and really plan this out. And that's when I started doing the, I did five emails. I started explaining it. And it wasn't just about Black Friday, but I was started making sure that I had one email that went out a week leading up to and including Black Friday. So I would start about three weeks early and I'd have a high, high value content to make sure they read it. But I would have a, hey, before I get, before I tell you about this high value content, we're doing a Black Friday sale coming up. I, I made sure that that didn't hit until I was in the month of November so that I could say that I didn't care if a sale happened on November the 1st or if it happened on Black Friday. All those numbers are going to count for, for November. So I was like, all right, I don't mind telling you that a sale is coming because if everyone stops buying right now, I'm fine if you all wait to buy on that Friday. So that month, that's when I did one email leading up to it a week. So I did three ahead of time. I did the one on Friday that was like double up that first week. I did one over the weekend on Saturday, Sunday, and then I did two on Monday, one like mid morning on Monday, and then one towards the end of the day, like, hey, six hours left, kind of a thing that so that year, year three, my sales year over year went up over 250%. So I was like, top, I was on top of the world. I was freaking thrilled. The next so that was 2019. In 2020, I did the exact same plan that I did the year before without hardly any modifications to it. Tried to do some freebies, some stuff that I just found that my audience didn't care about. Like I'll do one-on-one calls. I'll do a special office hours. I can help you consult with you on your project for, you know, for one day or something like that. Just, I tried to do some gimmicky stuff like that and none of it worked. I had three people that said, yeah, we want to go through and get the one-on-one consulting calls. 
and none of them booked their calls. One of them kept trying to, and then he canceled, and then it, nothing ever happened. That year, sales were up 22% year over year. So I'm like, okay, still making progress. Last year, though, was the big kick in the teeth, where I was like, I'm going to do the exact same thing I've been doing, five emails leading up to it. I'm selling the same products. And that's when I saw sales completely turn around and we're down 71% year over year. And I was back to being just barely above my revenue for the very first year I did Black Friday five years prior. So that's where I was immediately like, okay, hold on a minute. I think that it was more specifically about my business and about some things I did. I think that ultimately my problem was that I was selling the same thing to the same people and I had done a bad job the year prior on growing my list and bringing new new people on my list. So when they saw Black Friday, it's like, yeah, I've seen this two years in a row. I've already got it. Or I'm, you know, I've already had the opportunities. I'm not going to do it right now because he'll do another one of these in another year and I'll buy it then. So that's been kind of my, like my attitude the way it's been lately. This year, though, I'm planning on changing it up a little bit where the courses leading up to it, I'm giving them a reason to why things are different. So like I'm investing a lot of time I've been investing time over the summer and I'm investing time over the next couple of months leading up to Black Friday, refreshing the courses and adding new stuff, more modern things to the teachings that were not available previously. So like new features that have been released that I don't cover in the course. I also am most likely going to change the pricing for one of my courses to go from, from an older model of one-time fee for three months of access because it's an exam prep course. Once you, once you pass the exam, there's no reason to, to keep it. And so that's just more or less to prevent like fraud or sharing accounts. But I think that what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch that over to a subscription model to where it's going to be, you know, you buy it, you get the what's considered a paid trial for 90 days, and then it'll continue to have like a monthly subscription. So there's some people who do want it. They don't plan to take the course or some stuff, something comes up and they don't end up taking the exam right away. I don't know if many people are even going to take advantage of that, but I'm going to have a reason to say like, you know, hey, look, we're doing a new pricing thing, but this is the last weekend that you can actually take advantage of the old pricing. Which for the audience, that's called a it's called a reverse sale. When you when mm-hmm. you like run a sale and you say, hey, like the old pricing for this product is $95, but you know, after Monday at midnight, it's gonna go up to $135. Like you're you're obviously not offering a discount. You're telling them the urgency here is you need to purchase now if you want to take advantage of the the lower pricing. So right. just to just throwing that in there if the audience is like confused by that concept. Yeah. So that, so that's kind of my plan is this year, basically just refreshing the existing content to give them a new, give them a reason on why they should care about it and why now's the time to, to, to jump in. And then the other one is to go through and to give them a little bit of discount on that one pricing thing because it's got like a three month kind of a cycle too. And it's an exam prep. And I know it's global and stuff, but it still is a, the end of November, December turn of the new year is a very out of office thing for a lot of the globe. And so I thought about just saying, you know, another another little perk that I'll do is I'll throw in, you know, Black Friday, you buy a Black Friday weekend, you actually get four months. That'll then get you into like February, March instead of, you know, just doing just the three months. So I've, I've played around with a couple different things of that, but that's the that's the gist of what I'm of what I'm planning on doing for this year and trying to personalize my emails a little bit more. I will tell you one thing I know for sure that I'm definitely doing or not doing this year. And we talked about it a little bit in the last episode. In the past, I have used ads to try and generate some some awareness of my of of what I was doing of the fact that Black Friday was coming. I will continue to use ads to be able to get that news out about Black Friday leading up to it 
but I'm going to complete, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to completely shut my ads off for all of Black Friday weekend and stuff. And the reason for that is because the, the prices just skyrocket and you just don't get the same effectiveness with it. Cold ads or retargeting ads? The early on ones are cold to get mm-hmm. people onto the email list because I do tell them that there's a special discount code and you'll get an email with the discount code for the, the big thing for, for the first, like I think for the first hour or something like that, a special, a special deal that I offer. So I, I use it as a way to also like get people on my email list for usually the week of or like the day before I'll have those be just retargeting ads. That's interesting like, that you mentioned like those ads weren't, weren't really profitable for you. We talked about this in the previous episode. I meant, meant to share this story, but we, we ran out of time. For me, the, the retargeting ads worked really, really well during Black mm-hmm. Friday. And we were able to get conversions fairly cheap. I mean, we would have like our cheapest product would be $35. And I think our most expensive product was probably like $700 after the discount was applied. You know, we were getting conversions for 10, 20 bucks. So we were, hmm. we were still making money off of, off of our retargeting ads. In general, for info products, like I just, man, cold ads are just so hard to be profitable because, mm-hmm. you know, you're at that point, you can't really expect someone who's never heard of you to come to your site and purchase your product. Like really what you should be trying to do is getting their email address. But then like you're, you could be paying like a dollar or two if you're lucky per email address. Well, then it's going to take 100 email addresses just to get a single customer out of it, you know? Mm. So, like, there's, like, 100 bucks per, like, there's your there's your cost to conversion is 100 bucks. Like, for mm. a lot of info products, that's just not, not reasonable. Versus your retargeting ads, you can get a lot more people who are already familiar with you for a lot cheaper. Now, with PyImage Search, like, that was a top 20,000 website in the world, according to Alexa, before Amazon shut that service down. So we like had a ton of traffic coming in every day, each week, each month. So maybe that's why like retarding was successful for us, because we just had such a wide net. But th- that's my guess as to why you saw that result. That makes sense. So you're saying like in previous years, my budget for my ads was uniform across everything in terms of retargeting and cold ads. Okay. And last year, one of the reasons why my revenue was down so much is because I saw how good Black Friday had been in prior years. And so I was like, I mean, I literally, I set aside $10,000 to spend just on PPC over the course of the weekend. And that almost half my profit in my entire margin for, for all of Black Friday. So that's so why I was like, all right, cold feet, this isn't working. You make a really good point there that it's like, I'm not really, you're not really going for the cold people that you're really trying to just like Black Friday is a launch event for a discount. You really want that to be targeted to the people, your warm audience, your retargeted audience. And so that's where the ads may make a lot more sense. I guess I looked at it as like, well, if you, if you already know who I am, you're already on my email list and I may, and so I don't really know why I should be spending the money on the ads for you. The more I think about that though, I think that that might be a flawed assumption that if you know about me, you're on my email list. Yeah. Or they could have visited your site in the past 30 days. They might not be on your email list, but they could be on their phone scrolling through Facebook you mm-hmm. know, on Thanksgiving Day and then they see one of your ads pop up. To share some numbers as well, I mean, I think you, you said you were spending like 10 grand for the entire, entire Black Friday event. That was, that was just last year. Just that last was just year. Last yeah, year. Yeah. That, was, that was the most I'd ever spent. Yeah, for for context, like the most we ever spent was two grand a day, which would be almost almost ten thousand dollars. But our list was, you know, gigantic. It was over 
you know, a few hundred thousand people. So when you normalize it in that way, I mean, you were probably spending like 10x, 20x more on ads than, than we were. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, not entirely surprised that your acquisition rates were so high. And probably because like, I'm just thinking in my head, like the way Facebook's algorithm works, like you're almost competing against yourself because yeah, some of right. these people may have seen your ad like three or four times. And right. Facebook's like, well, this jabroni isn't like clicking on this ad. Like, we're, we're going to jack up the price to keep showing it to them. Yeah. You know, so I have a feeling that's the issue that you ran into. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. My rationale behind it was, okay, spending that much money is because my, the price point of the three things that I sell is so high. I can afford to spend $200 for customer acquisition. I, I got a $275, a $495, and a $995 product. And so between those, for the 495 product, I don't mind spending 200 $250 for customer acquisition. I mean, it, I don't want to, but I don't mind it because it's like, well, I'm doubling my money. I mean, how much? That's a flywheel, right? How much can I put into that flywheel, right? If, you, if that's guaranteed. But I still would also like to use it at a minimum. I'd like to use it as a way to go through and to grow my list. When I was thinking more that this year, when I said I wasn't going to spend money on ads, it was more that I wasn't going to do what I did last year. And it's more for the cold leading up to Black Friday, the two, three weeks beforehand. That's my cold audience target to try and get people onto my email list and say, the only thing I'm charging you for is to get, you want the discount code? There's a special discount code we're doing. And if you just want to get it, plug your email address in so that you can get, you can get a special discount code. And then I'll maybe give those people like a little bit better discount than what the one that's like published on the site. And then like that week of, and then the, the couple day or two before Black Friday and throughout the entire weekend, just do like retargeting stuff. The ad stuff has changed so much too lately that it was like, I don't know, I'm still, I'm still playing with that a little bit and trying to figure out what's, how do I want to try and make that work with that? I think it's also important to acknowledge that in, in 2019, that would have been effectively the high of what I'll call the natural bull market in the United mm-hmm. States. In a Black Friday 2020, it was still a bull market, but it was like, it was an artificial bull market. It was propped up from you know all the government spending that went on during COVID to like prevent the market from crashing. And then mm-hmm. in, in 2021, you noticed like less people were spending money online. And the writing was on the wall for what was about to come because you can't mess with... In capitalism, you can't mess with the market. You can't have government intervention without paying the piper. And that's exactly what, what happened then. And certainly that's the reason where we are now is because we you know, fussed with the system. Now it's just that time for, for a correction. So I'm, I'm really, really curious about what 2022 Black Friday and Cyber Monday is going to be. Like if there's going to be an uptick in e-commerce and spending, despite it being like, you know, this either a deep correction or, a, or the start of a bear market, or if people are just going to be like, Things have normalized a bit. Like we understand our finances better. We're not as afraid of COVID, and therefore we're more willing to depart with our money. Like it's, I, I genuinely don't know, and I'm so curious to see what's going to happen this year. You sound just like me, where I think I described the way I feel about the economy and everything right now. Where you see the stuff on the news, the way the economy is, and I say this in relation to like Black Friday and sales for business. Okay, so this is not. I'm not trying to go like geopolitical and that kind of stuff, but (laughs) I very much feel like business right now and going into Black Friday, I feel this as well. It's like you're on a plane and you're kind of like, you're looking around, like you hear that noise and you're like, is that normal? 
Are, should I be concerned about that? Or is it like, is that okay? Like, and you're like, so you're looking up, like, so I'm looking around, like, so right now, like, you know, with, with the economy and with like Black Friday, I'm like the passenger in the plane that's like looking for the flight attendants going, is she freaking out? Is he freaking out? If, he, if they're not freaking out, then we're okay. Like, if they don't, if is, they don't look is alarmed. Is the flight attendant like quietly walking to the front of the plane and strapping herself into the seat? Like, <laughs> right. The, the, the two flight attendants, they just look at each other. I'm like, if they looked at each other, then they're like, did you hear that? Like, I heard that. That wasn't supposed to happen. Like, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> that's kind of where I feel right now. Like, I, I'm, but, and that's the hard part where you can't tell. You can't tell because, of course, you know, we're, in the United States, we're going into an, into an election season. And so it's hard because all the news outlets, when they talk about things like, you know, they've got their different slants on it. So you're looking both sides like, are you freaking out because you're trying to freak everybody else out? Are you freaking out because you're trying not or you're not freaking people out because you don't try? Ah, there's too many inputs now. Like, am I over? I'm overthinking this. Like, I got to tune all this out and just try and come up with a plan. Keep it simple. Don't overthink it. That may be a lesson for people to take away from it is that when you try to overthink it, that's the thing. That's when it just, that's what I tried to do last year. I tried to overthink it and tried to get really creative with it, with uh, ads. And I think that that hurt me more than anything. And you may be onto something with that. I was selling, I was advertising against myself. But I think, you know, with the the market conditions and everything, you can't control that. That is something so far outside Mm -hmm. your control. The market's going to do what the market wants to do. You just got to be willing to ride with it. And to me, that means in terms of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, show up and do what you can. Mm-hmm. Try and execute it to the best of your ability, realizing that there could be economic conditions that are outside of your control that prevent you from topping last year or two years ago or three years ago. Because there, there are too many variables that have changed. The economy has changed. Your business has changed in the sense that, you know, Maybe most of your customers have moved on to another topic and they're no longer interested in in your specific niche. Or maybe your niche has suddenly become hot and you 10x'd your email list this year. So you're going to do better even with a crappy sale just by virtue of having more people on your email list. Like There are so many variables. And I think you can talk yourself out pretty easily of of just trying to to execute and getting two in your head and we're talking about over personalization. I think you can get you can get way in your head with these types of sales. Instead, just keep it simple. Show up. Have boundaries on what your offer is going to be in terms of like the discount, the time frame, and if you have a support team, like communicate that to your support team so they they know when customers or potential customers are emailing in. And after that, like you know, my my dad used to tell me before any big exam. You say, Adrian, like no matter no matter what, whether you're ready or not, by the end of this exam, you're going to be all caught up on the curriculum. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's okay. That's look at it. Uh, okay, okay, Dad. So you mean that if I don't study at all and fail, I'm caught up? And he's yeah. like, No, no, that's not. What I mean. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I think I think with Black Friday, it's like by the time Thursday morning or Friday morning hits, like you're caught up. You're caught mm-hmm. up. Your work is done in terms of prepping the sale and doing your homework at that point it's just you just got to let it ride and see what happens yeah and i I think that's why today like i'm overthinking i'm anxious today because i i'm i agree with you once you put a plan together and you start executing it it's not like a war plan or something where it's like once you start executing it then you need to change everything and adjust and stuff it's like just let it go like plan it out let it go and you go off on a vacation for a month and it should just run itself. 
automated emails, turn the coupons on the clock, the stopwatch on your site and all that stuff. Have all that stuff scheduled to go and scheduled to turn off, but don't overthink it. Just let it happen. And once it's live, like really resist the urge to tweak it. You know, you, yeah. you don't want to do that. Mm-mm, I agree. Completely agree. That's the hard part. That it's, it's tempting, but it is tempting. That's the hard part. Well, I think that's so, a really good place to wrap it up for today. Sounds good. This was a lot of fun. This was, man. Thanks so much for being on the show. And, you know, look forward to having you back on after Black Friday. You know, maybe we'll do another, like a third episode. You and I will talk about it offline, but certainly after Black Friday, we'll get you back on and we'll discuss like what happened for you. Sounds good. I, I hope it sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck to you, man. Thanks. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future episodes, send me an email at questions at infoproductmastery.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and whatever podcatcher app you're using, whether it's Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. Not only do these reviews help motivate me to create new episodes, but they also help other developers, educators, and entrepreneurs find the show. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.